Come on, guys, let's pray together. God, thank You so much, Lord, that, Lord, You have a plan for each of our lives and that You, you reveal this plan to us through Your Word. And, Lord, we just, we just pray tonight, Lord, that as we hear Your Word, that You would speak to us, that, Lord, our hearts would be open to receive Your Word and that You would give us wisdom to know how to follow You better. In Jesus' Name, and all God's people said... Amen. Okay, you can grab your seats. Awesome. Well, guys, I am so excited to start our new series, Better Together. And we're going to be looking at how God designed us to do life together. And this is a huge value of our church, that we're better together. We can achieve so much more together. We're so much more valuable together than we are alone. And I know that um, many of you actually applied, you, you want to go to Zambia in June, July, and, and you want to go and serve, and, and we're so excited about that, and I, and I hope that all of you get a chance to go. You know, when, uh, when we were with the Zambia Project, we, we lived and we worked as a family in, in, in Zambia, and there was a missionary a different missionary, not from the same project. And he told us from the start, missionaries are like manure. Spread them out, they do a lot of good, but put them together and they're a stinking mess. And what he was saying, it, it, it was like he was saying that he believed that missionaries were better off alone, spread out, doing God's work in isolation. But Paul and Marinette and Graham believed that God had called us to work in a team. And they believed that God had called us to build a team. And so that's what we did. We, we did everything together. We, we did life together. We did ministry together. When we went out, we planted churches together. We had lots of prize together. And you know what? The project has been a huge success. And sometimes one looks back and goes, how did, how did it achieve? How was all of this achieved? And the answer was, we did it together. We're better together. But you know, sometimes we might feel like, actually, we're better off alone. We're worse together. You might be here tonight, and you might feel like you need some space from other Christians. You know, you might feel like you're better off alone. I, I do the Sunday thing. But I'm not sure that I want to be too connected to this family because relationships are messy. But I want you to know that, that we're better together and that you were made for God's family. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and, and looking at verse 9, it says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity them, anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Um, when Jess was at school, there was a, a guy who was in the grade ahead of her. He was in grade 10, and uh, he was surfing. It was um, near Nisna at Buffalo Bay, and he got bitten by a great white shark. He got attacked. And so the shark had him in his mouth, and he was shaking him around, and somehow he managed to get his thumb into the shark's eye. And the shark let him go, and, he, and you can imagine, he was bleeding. He, he, his whole side, there was a bite out of his side, right down his leg. But I'm, I can just think about what happened next, you know? He's bleeding in the water. There's an angry shark. 
with a sore eye. But he was surfing with his big brother. His big brother picked him up, put him on his board, paddled him to the shore, and amazingly, he survived. You know, uh, God, or, or the devil actually wants us to, to be in isolation. He doesn't want us to be connected to others because when we're living in isolation, we're easy prey for him. You see, none of us are immune to temptation. None of us. None of us are immune to the attacks of the devil. But when we're connected to others, when we fall, others will come and pick us up. They'll, they'll point us back onto the right path. And that's what happens when, we, when we're walking together with others. They're looking out for us. We're better together. We're part of God's family. Think about that. We're part, we're part of God's family. God's our Father and we're brothers and sisters in Christ. Do you know what that means? It means no one ever has to be lonely and isolated. You might be an orphan. You might feel like you've been neglected. You might not have family in Cape Town. But you know that, the, that, that God puts the lonely in families. That's what Psalm chapter 68, verse 6. God places the lonely in families. The church is your family. And that's been my experience. I was 16 years old when I was adopted into the family of God. And every day since then, it's been an, an amazing experience to be part of God's family. And I found that the benefits of being in this family are incredible. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. It says, even before He made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in His eyes. That's incredible. Even before He made the world, he, he, he loved us, He chose us to be holy and blameless. I'm definitely not blameless. I've got lots of faults, but yet when God looks at me, He sees me through Jesus, and He sees me as, as holy and without fault. And it says, God decided in advance to adopt us into His own family by bringing us to Himself through Jesus Christ. This is what He wanted to do, and it gave Him great pleasure. So we've been adopted into God's family. We're brothers and sisters because of Jesus. You see, as brothers and sisters, we have a very special connection with, with each other. And do you know what that connection is? That connection is Jesus. We're not just a lack of bunch of people. We're not just like a bunch of people that hang out together on Sunday nights, eat Mexican food. We're deeply connected spiritually because of what Jesus has done for us. And do you know what this means? This means that we need each other. If you, if you think about it, this is how God designed us. Just think about your salvation. It wasn't your own doing. It came from outside of yourself. Theologians, some theologians actually call it alien righteousness because it came from outside of yourself. It wasn't, it wasn't something that you discovered within yourself, you know. It was just, it was there all along and you just had to discover it. No, it actually, the Bible says it had nothing to do with you. It wasn't because of anything that you did. It was because God chose you and because He had, He gave you His, His grace and Jesus died for you. But you know how it came to you? It came to you God's Word came to you, and that's how we were saved. 
God's Word came to us and, and spoke to us. And that's how we were saved. But it came to us through a Christian brother or sister. Sometimes through many Christian brothers or sisters. That's what God does. He uses people to speak to us about Jesus. Not only about our salvation, but for the rest of their life, He uses people. When you're feeling down, when you're feeling discouraged, He uses a person to bring God's message to you and speak life to you. That's why sometimes those of you who teach at View Rep or um, at View City, you, you're preparing something and, you, and, you, and you're speaking to others and then maybe they say something back to you. Maybe a child asks a question and you're like, that is just so incredible, the way that child sees God. And you get impacted because the Word of God that comes to you through someone else is powerful. That's how God's, God works and that's why we need each other. Secondly, Jesus brings all kinds of people together. Isn't it incredible? We can connect as a, as a family with different ages, cultures, languages, and that's a picture of what heaven's going to look like. But you know what? It's not natural. It isn't natural because inside of each one of us, there's an ego. And my ego tells me, I'm different from you. Our personalities are going to clash. We're not the same. We're not compatible. I don't think we can get along. And so of myself, there's a, there's a barrier between us. But, but listen to what Ephesians 2 verse 14 says. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people. When in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. That's what Jesus did for us. He broke down that wall that separated us. So where there would be a divide, Jesus unites us together as a family. He makes it possible. Is this making sense? So now when we get together as different people, we have a connection. It doesn't matter what your age is. It doesn't matter what your bank balance is. The Jesus in me connects with the Jesus in you. And guys, we've been put in this amazing family, not just for this lifetime, but for eternity. Even marriage. Do you know that even marriage is until death do us part? But this family is for eternity. So we've been chosen together as a family before the world was created. We get to be a family here on earth. And then you know what? We're going to be united together forever. We're going to be God's family together forever. So turn to the person next to you and say, you're stuck with me forever. Cool, guys. So we, so we know this. We know that God has designed us to rely on each other, but Guess what? We've got a part to play. We've got to offer ourselves to God's family. And I love how Romans chapter 12 says it. Paul says in Romans chapter 12 verse 1, And so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. Let them be a holy and living sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. So Paul is saying, because of what Jesus has done, give yourself willingly to be used by God. So you don't need to be uh, dragged, kicking and screaming 
but you give yourself willingly because of what Jesus has done. You say, I'm, I'm willingly going to give myself to serve Him, to make a difference in the lives of others. And I love that it says a living and holy sacrifice because it means you're still alive. You know, most sacrifices are dead, but you are a living sacrifice. You're still doing your job. You got your friends, you're enjoying your hobbies, but at the same time, you're saying, God, if, if you want to use me at any time in anyone's life, I'm available. And that's our worship to God. And then in Romans chapter 12, verse four and five, Paul says this. He says, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. And so every one of us, together we make up the body of Christ and we each have a different part to play. And you know what happens? We take on a new name and a new identity. So we see this in nature, right? Animals, when they, when they come together, they take on a new identity and a new name. So we're going to do a bit of an English test. Is that okay? We're going to see how well did you, you, you listen in your English class and, and how well do you know your collective nouns? Okay, are you guys ready? Dieter's looking, Dieter's sweating here in the front row. <laughs> cool. So we know that a, a lion on its own is just a lion. But when lions come together in a group, they get a new identity and they're called a pride. There we go. Well done. Okay, one out of one. A goose on its own is, is just a goose. But when, it's, when, it's, uh, when it comes together with all the other geese, it's called a gaggle. Okay, now it's going to get harder. A parrot on its own is just a parrot. But when it comes together with other parrots, what is it called? A pandemonium of parrots. Okay, a hippo on its own is just a hippo. But when it comes together with other hippos, what is it called? A bloat of hippos. That's a very unfortunate name. A panda bear on its own is just a panda. But when it comes together with other pandas, what is it called? It's called an embarrassment of pandas. True story. Okay, one more. When it comes to us, one Christian is just a Christian. But together with other Christians, they take on a new identity and they get a new name. And they are called the body of Christ. And so the Bible says that we're, we're all different parts 
and we play a, a, a different role. But you, but you know what? Every one of us, the role that you play is vital. You are irreplaceable in this body. If you weren't here, something would be missing from the body. And then Paul says, we all belong to each other. So my gifts and talents belong to you. Your gifts and talents belong to the next person. We all belong to each other. We're one body in Christ. And then we've got this great promise that he gives us spiritual gifts, special abilities to do what he's asking of us. Isn't that amazing? So when we surrender our lives to God, he adopts us into his family. He makes us part of his body and he actually upgrades us with supernatural abilities. And a spiritual gift is not just, not just your normal talents, you know, um, like, like stuff that you were always good at. It, God can use those things too, but, but it's something supernatural. It's something you couldn't do before you became a Christian, but, but now that you've given your life to the Lord, something has changed inside of you, and now you can do that. And so we read about some of these, spirit, some of these spiritual gifts, um, things like, like teaching, uh, things like prophecy, uh, things like, like generosity. These are spiritual gifts. And Paul encourages us, whatever your gift is, do it the absolute best you can. Don't just sit on it, but find your place in the body. And so I can't encourage you to do, I can't encourage you enough to do growth track. Because it's a place where you're going you're gonna to get to discover your spiritual gifts and you're going to get to think on how you can use those gifts to benefit others. And do you know what happens when you get connected and you start using your gifts to build the body? God puts the whole body together. Each part helps the other parts grow and suddenly the body starts to become healthy and growing and full of love and it becomes more like Jesus. You know, I love it when uh, the family of God, when, when people get connected to the family of God, when they start to, to use their gifts to, to serve others. And um, we saw this last week. There was a, a, a lady that came to church and she had had terrible dreams on the Saturday night. Terrible dreams. And so she woke up on Sunday morning and said, I better find a church. She needed hope. And so she walked into our service and she, she heard the message being preached and she gave her life to Jesus. Then she heard the announcement about Growth Track and so she signed up for Growth Track. On a Tuesday night, she came to Growth Track. She, she got to hear about spiritual gifts and she, she got to, to look at what her spiritual gifts are. And then on Wednesday night, she joined a view group and she's doing Freedom Course and she's plugged in and she's connected. And do you know what she said? She said, this is just what I needed. But I love the fact that she, that she jumped in. She's got a daughter, and I'm sure it's just a matter of time before a daughter starts coming to view rep. And that's what happens when we jump in, when we get connected. We start to move in the right direction, and we start to, to, to take up our place in the body. Then I love what, what Paul says in, in verse 9. He gets real practical. Okay, you still there? Romans 12 verse 9. 
Okay, Paul says this, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Love, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Isn't this awesome? Bless those who persecute you. Well, that's a bit less awesome. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil for, with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Cool, so Paul is telling us what it's supposed to look like in the body. He's, and he just, I love how he gets real practical. But, you know, just that first verse, he says, don't pretend to love people, really love them. And that just jumped out at me. Because we know all the right things to say, right? We've, we, we've learned what to say uh, when it comes to, you know, when somebody sends us a message, we, we know the right emojis to send, you know, the praying emoji, if they're going through a tough time, you send them the emoji with the teardrop in the eye, broken heart, um, and then you swipe to the left, you know, like what's next, you know? Um, but real love must go deeper than that. And so I want to mention four things that we can do to make sure we're building God's family and we're not breaking it. So the first thing, we need to practice humility. Guys, we've got to think of ourselves less and think more about others. You see, we naturally think of ourselves more than others, don't we? It's like a built-in survival technique, you know, me first. You know, we get competitive, our thoughts go there. Am I, am I better than that one? You know, am I more important than, than that one? You know, maybe you think, surely you're more deserving of that position than that guy, or you're more deserving of that girl than that guy. But you know that, that all of that becomes a barrier to, to building God's family. It comes a, becomes a barrier to serving each other because we're, we're no longer um, wanting the best for others. Now suddenly we, we're competing with each other. So how do we stay humble? Well, this is the trick. This is, and this really works. We've got to remind ourselves of our sin. We've got to remind ourselves of our sin. We're sinners saved by grace and we must never forget that. We must never graduate from that. Paul the apostle was a murderer before he met Jesus. But even after he became an apostle, even after he had written much of the New Testament, do you know what Paul said? Paul said, I'm the chief of sinners. He said, we're all sinners, but he said, I'm the chief. Because Paul never forgot where he came from. He never forgot God's grace in his life. And that's the, the, the thing that we need to do. If ever I get to a place where, where I look at others and I go, sure, you know, um, I'm less of a sinner than they are then that's a dangerous place to be because it means I've, I've actually forgot that I'm just living under God's grace. It's just because of His grace that I, that I get to be part of His family, that I get to be part of His body. 
We need to remember the picture of the body that every part is equally important and we don't compete with each other, we complete each other. The second thing is that we need to practice helpfulness. We need to practice helpfulness. Whenever you find a group of people meeting together, do you know what? There's going to be lots of needs there. And if you're going to build the family of God, you've got to be, you've got to be helping others. We've got to be um, looking for ways to help others. Maybe it's to give somebody a lift um, to, to church or to a job interview. Uh, maybe it's calling someone when they're sick um, and just asking how they're doing and offering to pray for them. Maybe it's visiting someone. There's lots of ways that we can help each other. The problem is that sometimes we get so busy and, that we, and we, we, we don't actually have time to help anybody else in the family of God. And so we end up passing people by like the, the priest who passed the guy. You know the, the story of the Good Samaritan, the priest who passed, passed the guy who was attacked by thieves because he was on his way to church. We, we, we end up becoming like that. You see, God will send people to us who are, who are in need of help. And we've got to allow ourselves to be interrupted and to help others. Building God's family is messy. And sometimes we've just got to let our schedules get messed up so that we can, we can uh, reach out to others, so we can build others up. The third thing, we need to practice listening. Are you guys still with me? This is such an important one, guys. We've got to practice listening. You see, we often fall into a trap of thinking that if I'm going to add value to God's family, then I've got to have the right thing to say all the time. But you know, sometimes we're talking when God just wants us to listen. Do you know that listening can be a much greater love than speaking? I mean, think about it. God listens to you. He listens to all your, your ideas. He listens to your requests. He listens to your constant complaining. He listens to us. And we've got to make sure that we're listening to others. We've got to be really listening. Not just uh, waiting for them to breathe, you know, listening to them and like just waiting for them to breathe so we can download our agenda to them and get them to do what we want them to do. No, we've, we've got to listen to others. You see, one benefit of being part of the family of God is that we should be able to tell each other if we're struggling with sin and we're needing prayer. The Bible says in James 5 verse 16, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So sometimes we, we, we might be going through something. There may be something in our past that we're just struggling to let go of. Maybe it's a sin and, and we know God has forgiven us, but we, but we just don't feel like we can, we can move forward. We feel like we're stuck. Maybe it's a habit and we just don't feel like we can, we can make it past that point. But do you know what God says? He says we can go to each other and we can tell each other we're struggling with that thing. And do you know what? That person can pray for us and suddenly, we find that, that we, we, we're, on the, we're on the road to healing. We find that that thing that was holding us back, it no longer has such power over us. And we just feel free. We find freedom when we share our struggles with others. We find healing when we share our struggles with others. 
But we've got to be people who are easy to talk to, people who listen. Then the fourth thing that we can do to build God's family, practice bearing each other's burdens. And to be honest, I I just want to be honest with you guys, I wanted to leave this one off. I I really didn't want to share this because I thought it's too hard. But I realized that the Bible says it again and again. And so we need to learn to bear with each other. Ephesians chapter four, verse two says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Um, I like the, the NLT. It says, make allowance for each other's faults. Galatians chapter six, verse two, share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. So bearing with one another means being patient with each other. It means not giving up on someone or writing them off because they're struggling. It means being patient with them and helping them carry their burden. This is literally what Jesus did for us. The Bible says He carried the burden of our sins on the cross. And now we've got to carry other people's burdens. You know, sometimes we can give up on people very quickly. But guys, in the family of God, we lose the right to write people off. Even if they're struggling to follow God as they should, when we think of them, we must, we must see a bright future for them. We must have their best in mind. We don't give up on them. Maybe there's someone that you haven't seen in a while and you just, you just need to send them a message. Say, hey, how are you doing? Thinking of you. Miss you. Praying for you. When we bear with each other and carry each other's burdens, we, we literally follow in Jesus' footsteps because that's what He did for us and that's what makes us part of God's family. Won't you stand with me tonight? God, we just thank You, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that before time began, you had us on your mind. And you sent your son, Lord, to to die for us on the cross so that we could be set free, so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be redeemed, we could be given a new life. We could be part of your family. And Lord, we just thank you so much, Lord, for this, this amazing gift, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Lord, I just thank you, Lord God, that you have made us for your family, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, that as a church, we we get to come together like this. We get to meet in view groups. We get to do growth track together and, and help each other discover our spiritual gifts. And Lord, I just pray, Lord God, that Lord, you would give us wisdom, Lord, to know, Lord, how we can get better connected to others, how we can build stronger relationships with others. Lord, help us to build your family, Lord God. Help us to build your family. Guys, maybe there's someone here tonight and you're just feeling unsure if you are part of God's family. Life happens and maybe you don't know how it happened, but you find yourself far from God. But I believe in everyone, there's a, there's a deep longing 
to come back to God, to come close to God, to be made right with Him, to come into a relationship with God. And you know, the awesome thing is that when we come to God and we just admit that we've sinned and we ask God to forgive us and to make us right with Him, immediately God forgives us and He brings us into His family. And so I just wanna ask you tonight, if that's you, if you find yourself far from God, but you wanna come back to God tonight, can I ask you, I'd love to pray for you as we close, just while everyone's eyes are closed. If that's you tonight, can you just pop up your hands so that I know who you are and I can pray for you tonight? Thank you. Is there anybody else? Thank you. That's awesome. Why don't you pray this prayer with me? If there's, is there anybody else just before we pray? You wanna come back to God? Why don't you guys pray this prayer with me? We can all pray this prayer together. Dear God, I come to you. I admit that I've sinned. But I thank you that you died for me on the cross. Pray that you would forgive me and make me your child. Thank you, Lord, that I'm saved. That I'm part of your family. In Jesus' name. And God, I pray for, for every person, Lord God, who prayed that prayer tonight, Lord God, that they would realize that it's that simple, that we just need to call out to you for help. And that, Lord, you, you hear us, you hear our cry, you forgive us, and you make us your own. So Lord, I just pray for those people tonight, Lord God, that you would, that you would just fill them, Lord, with an assurance of your love and that they would just know, Lord God, that they have been adopted into your family, that you have an awesome plan for their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Come on, let's just thank James for kicking off our series. You guys take your seats quickly. So in this season, we wanna encourage you to take a next step. If you're not in a group or an interest group, or you're not in any relationship and you can't maybe do a view group, but you can join the Dream Team, we wanna encourage you to take a step. Um, you can sign up for a view group on our website. Go to viewchurch.ca.za and on the more tab, as you tap it, you'll see our view group tab. Tap on that and you can actually choose a group. Uh, you can tap on join and then you can uh, contact the leader and they'll contact you. Or you can go to our red banner at the back. Another way to get into community, to get into relationship is to join the dream team. I always think people who serve together really end up doing life together. So you can also get into a circle and really make a difference, serve other people, just as James mentioned, where we're helping other people. So why don't you take that next step? And Chris Hodges says this, you're not gonna remember the last five sermons that you've heard, but you will remember the last five people that you've connected with. And what that says to me is the biggest change that we can make is actually on the ground. You guys connecting with other people. It's not the messages, it's not the worship, it's, it's really on the ground, you going out, chatting to people. That's the biggest difference we can make because people remember the people they connect with, 
not just the messages. And listen, yeah, we, we always hope that you remember our messages and you're applying them. And some of you are, but it's the people who really make the biggest difference for the kingdom. And that's why I think that message is so relevant that we need to go out, help people, be God's hands and feet, and really experience all the blessing that comes with being part of God's family. We are better together. For our new people, you can grab your first cappuccino as you walk out the door. If you did give your life to God, uh, could we, Dale, could we open? Okay, Sabella's there. Um, if everyone can have a look, Sabella's opening that door. We've got a room there. You can go, you can sit with one of our prayer counselors. We are guys and girls. So if you gave your life to God, even if you didn't put your hand up, but you prayed that prayer or you came back to God, why don't you go there and let one of our team pray with you? If you need prayer in any way, you can also make your way to that room. Or if you'd like us to pray for you in the week, you can use the, the prayer card, the Next Steps card in the seat cover in front of you. If it's a personal prayer request, you don't have to put your name down, just write it down and we'll cover you in prayer. And that's the, the, the third way you can also get into a view group. So the best way, go on the, online, join a view group via our website. Second way, go to the red banner. Third way, use an accept card. Have an awesome Sunday. God bless you guys.